back, everyone, to the Blackstock Triangle and Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and alongside me today is Nelly. Nelly, how are you? I'm all right, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Um, well, uh, all I can say is that was a very interesting contest. Um, a bit of a, I wouldn't say shocking result, but probably not a favourable one. I guess... Uh, what are your overall thoughts of the North London derby? Uh, w- w- one point each was probably a fair result uh, on balance. Uh, it, Arsenal were the better team, but we were very sloppy, uh, especially for the second goal. And um, we didn't deserve to get the three points if we make mistakes like that. So I think I think two was a fair result. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um... Both teams were quite sloppy in possession, in my opinion. Um, and I just think, in terms of efficiency with the ball, I thought it was just really poor on both sides. Um, yeah, just a lot of... But I felt like it was more with, with us, you know? Like, in terms of how when we had the ball, just our passing wasn't crisp, you know? It just wasn't... It, it wasn't how you would, would have hoped we would have gone in, especially when coming off the game against PSV. You just, I thought, oh, we're primed here. You know, we we look good, and yeah, just everything kind of went off the ball. I don't know whether you know because it's the North London derby, the occasion got to the players, but it just it felt a little bit lackluster for at least one, some large parts of the game for sure. Um, what what's, uh, look? I don't want to get onto you know bagging in Kedia. Um, but what did you make of his performance? Well, it's difficult with Ketty. We've had the same problem with him for the last couple of years that he is his stat, underlying stats are very good. Uh, his turn rate for goals is fine. He gets the odd assist. His underlying stats regarding like his movement, his work rate are all very very good. Uh, I also saw a stat that over the last few years, Arsenal's points per game, so that's league table points per game, with and without Nketiah, is almost identical. So I don't think Nketiah is the problem. Uh, but I do think we need a better central striker. Gabriel Jesus isn't an out-and-out finisher. He's a very good creative player, but he had the chance in the Tottenham game where he won possession very well, but wasn't finished wildly. It's very poor finish. It we do need a better striker, and it's. I think it's weird. I said it in our first episode. I think it's odd that Arteta has let Balogun go, given that we clearly need an out-and-out goal scorer, and he had a goal-scoring record. He would have been the perfect player, I think, to bring on for us in that in that game against Tottenham. But we let him go to Monaco. Yeah, I think I saw those same stats that you're referring to um, about how you know in Ketia, it hasn't really it, our goal, our points and xG, etc. You know, we still we still seem to look okay. I don't know what it is. I just feel like. I mean, even Jesus. I mean, this like you just mentioned, Jesus isn't an out and out striker either for us. And I just think that although, you know, I guess both of them aren't necessarily, aren't bad, you know, and I, I would argue that, I think a lot of people would argue that Jesus is obviously just a little bit better, a little bit more classy on the ball, can maybe provide a little bit more in terms of creating by coming deep and 
obviously playing on the wing as we saw uh, on during the NLD. I just, yeah, I just think we need we need someone. We just need a, a striker that can come in who is look. I don't want to say Erling Haaland because that's like you know that's like a needle in a haystack. But even Haaland, you know, has you know, there are opportunities that he gets and he doesn't score. But I just feel like we're just sometimes very very wasteful. Um, I don't know. I just I just do think we need a, a striker of some kind. I mean, who we would get, I don't know. I know there's a lot of talk about Ivan Tony. You know, is that is that the level though? I guess that's part of the maybe part of my next question. I, I, I mean, once again, I don't want to get into transfer talk either. But if we were to sign someone like an Ivan Tony, is he is he really at that next level? That's going to take us to that next level. I think Ivan Tony would be an interesting option. I think he wouldn't be starting regularly for Arsenal. I think he would get similar amounts of minutes to say what we've seen Leandro Trossard getting for Arsenal. He'd be an interesting option to come on. He does provide a certain directness that to an extent Eddie Nketiah does provide, but not as well as Ivan Tony. I think Tony would be an upgrade on Nketiah. So I think, yeah, I agree. I, I think Tony as well obviously would because of his, his height and his sort of strength, I think he probably he would pose a bit more of an aerial threat as well. Um so you could potentially argue that that would also go in his favor. Um which was one thing we were lacking against Tottenham. We Arsenal play very good technical football, very good passing football, but without the option of playing across it's predictable what you're going to do to an extent so the passes have to be absolutely perfect in order to open up a defense which is very difficult to execute if teams were worried we might play wide and cross it would make it easier for us to do what we are good at so that would be something that Ivan Tony would provide but Ivan Tony obviously has the big problems attached to him he hasn't played in months we couldn't realistically expect him to come in and hit the ground running, having not played for months. He's not going to be match fit. There's only so fit you can be without playing. So maybe Ivan Tony isn't isn't the right level for what we should be looking at. Maybe maybe we should be looking at other options, but it's difficult to know who there is. And if there's anyone that good, teams aren't going to want to sell them to us. Especially so in, it, in January. Exactly, especially in January. We're, we're going to want someone who's been playing regularly, which means that teams aren't going to want to sell, sell them in January. If we can get anyone, we'll be paying over the odds. It's it's a difficult thing to know. Maybe it's a bit early in the season to be doing transfer talk. Uh, we also have potentially Kai Havertz could be playing up there as another option. We might see yeah, that's better true. explore. Yeah, look, it's well, we're going to have to explore something. I mean, I think... Um... Yeah, look, not, not, it's not funny. Like, I don't feel like we're playing badly. I just feel like we're very sloppy. You know, you know, like it's not necessarily that we're we're uh, we're playing poor football. It's just we're not as efficient on the ball as we should be. That's the my only thing that I've been watching this season so far. Where I'm just like, ah, you know, we're we're not as crisp. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like we're as crisp as what we were like. I mean, listen, last season we got off to an absolute blinder, but it just yeah, it just feels like we're not as crisp at the moment. Agreed. Partly it might 
Fiji to Partey not playing as much because Partey is very efficient in possession. He makes it easier for those around him to be efficient in possession as well. So uh, partly that Partey has not been playing much this season might be uh, an effect on our efficiency. Yeah. All right. Well, look, let's move on, I guess, to maybe something that's probably something a bit slightly more sour. But uh, obviously Declan Rice went off injured at halftime and it looked like Bakaya Saka went off with a little bit of an injury right before the end of full time. Um, got some injuries that are piling up, you could almost say, with Rice and Saka, Martinelli, Trossard, Partey. You know, these are, you could argue, these are five starters, really. Um, yeah, is this a bit of a problem, do you think? Well, clearly it is going to be a bit of a problem. Uh from Arteta's news conference yesterday, it does sound like a few of these injuries aren't expected to be long-term. Uh, Trossard picked up a minor injury in training and is back in training already. We Rice seemed to have hurt his back and tried to play through it, but then couldn't. And Saka had a mild muscle injury. So we know that Timber and Partey are out long-term. Martinelli is... I believe back in light training. Uh, Rice isn't back in training yet. Him too, I forgot Uh, about him. (laughs) Yeah, so we do have a lot of injuries. It's part of football, right? It's a squad game. You've got to be able to uh, play with injuries. But yes, it is a problem right now for us. It's annoying to have it this early on in the season. Injury lists tend to get longer during the season, not shorter. So it's annoying to have it this early on. But hopefully we'll be seeing... Trossard certainly back soon. Uh, hopefully, Rice's injury is very mi- minor. Uh, we Arteta did say that Rice and uh, Trossard and Martinelli and Saka won't be playing today in the League Cup. Probably wouldn't have been playing anyway, uh, but I'd, they aren't going to be uh, playing today. So hopefully, yeah, think... we'll have a lot of these players back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, look, I think obviously we should be rotating in the League Cup, no question in my mind. Um, you know, give the likes of Smith Rowe a run, you know, Jakob Kibior, Tommy Asu, mainly, you know, start these guys, in my opinion. You know, let these guys have a have a go. I'd even put El Nene in, you know, let's, let's give him some minutes. I mean, I believe El Nene is also injured. Is he still injured? I believe so, yes. Oh, my Lord. Oh. That guy's been injured for like two years. <laughs> He's been injured a lot in the last couple of seasons. I'm not, I, don't, I might be wrong about that, but I believe Elneny is still injured as well. Oh, dear. Well, I guess, yeah. Look, anyway, what I mean is that we should we should definitely rotate some of the, the fringe players in, I think, for sure. I'd love to see Smith Rowe get some minutes. Um, he got, obviously, a couple minutes in extra time, but I don't know. It doesn't, didn't feel like enough to me. I think we should have probably brought... Maybe him on a bit earlier, a bit sooner, but be that as it may. Um, just, I just want to go back to Saka quickly. Uh, look, for me, I, I felt like it was only a matter of time before we had to take him off injured. I mean, that was what his eighty seventh game that he started uh, in the Premier League in a row. I mean, that's you know, yeah, that's unbelievable. I think, uh, I think, in terms of Arteta and him rotating the squad, I've always felt like he doesn't do it enough. Um, what do you make? Like, do, do you think that's am I the only one that that's that feels like that's the case, or do you think as well that yeah, 
you know, you should probably rotate players in and out a bit more and try and use more of the squad when, when you can. Yeah, certainly not the only one. Uh, I, I'm i not sure I completely agree with you that Arteta should have a good handle on the fitness levels of his own squad. And if you rotate the squad and then drop points, everyone will be really critical of you. When you stick with a winning, say, 13 or 14, which is what he'd been trying up until the injuries, is what, is what Arteta had been doing, He'd been. He, we haven't lost a game yet this season, so we shouldn't be too critical. With when you stick with that, yes, you risk injuries and fatigue on the players. But if you don't drop points, that's the most important thing. You've got squad players who can come in, and he does. Arteta's made a few changes, mainly for tactical reasons rather than squad rotation, which is the way, seems to be the way he does it. It's, it's easy for us to say that you should rate the squad more. Uh, people wouldn't have got injured, particularly in hindsight. But I decided to trust the process last year when Arteta did well, and I'll trust him now with his squad rotations. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, look, I guess for me, it's just... I feel like we do have some good players that are... Like, I feel like Trossard maybe should have come in a bit sooner for Martinelli. Not that Martinelli was playing bad, but I just... Trossard comes on and he's just such a... a He's such a dynamic kind of player. And I just, you know, I feel like sometimes maybe we could we could play him. I mean, look at what, what about, let's talk about Raya and Ramsdale as an example. I mean, obviously he's he bought in Ram uh, he bought in Raya, sorry, for the past three games. Um you know, what do you what you what did you make of Raya's performance? I mean, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, I, I felt like his distribution was a little bit lacking, but overall, considering the game. Um, and the, the pressure that Tottenham were trying to put on him. I didn't think he was too bad, but what did you make of it? I think Raya has played fantastically well so far. He Maybe his distribution wasn't perfect. He did make an absolutely fantastic save, though, that uh, I think it's unlikely to expect any goalkeeper to make a save like that, and he did come good with that. And that's always got to be the most important thing in a goalkeeper. I feel you've got to make saves. Distribution is second to that. So I'm happy with Raya. Obviously, that's a signing that looks good so far from Arteta. Uh, let's not forget he did it in the financing of this deal very well, where only $3 million was paid up front. It's technically a loan. Although, based on the three matches he's played, I do expect it will become a permanent signing. I think Ramsdale will probably play in the League Cup today, give him a chance to show what level he's still at and rotate the squad in the League Cup, which is what Arsenal tend to do. But I think Raya's been been very good signing. I expect he will hold down the starting uh, spot for Arsenal this season. Yeah, I I think uh, I think you're probably right there. I, I, want, I think ultimately Arteta, he's looking at the fine margins of how you can beat Man City. You know, Man City, they play on such a high level every season. You know, it's, it's just, I think Arteta's looking at it maybe as, in a, I mean, I don't know if he's doing this or not, I'm just merely speculating, but I think he's almost looking at it and saying, okay, it, what, what, can, what are the slight changes we can make to get us a little bit closer to Man City and potentially overtake them? And I think Ryle was one of those because you could argue that 
well, and a lot of people have said this, that when we signed Raya, it was like, but you got Ramsdale, why do you need Raya? And I think it's probably maybe well, Arteta or, and maybe his coaching staff saying, look, we need just someone who's a bit more calmer on the ball maybe. I feel like sometimes Ramsdale, although I feel like he has the skill in order to implement what Arteta wants, I think sometimes he's a bit rash on the ball in terms of distribution. Um, or he, he just lacks that little bit of calmness. And I think Raya might just have that, might have that edge over Ramsdale, which is ultimately why they went out and got him. And, you know, they're, they're trying to implement him to the team to bring that calmness so that he can pick out passes when we're, when we, when he has the ball and when we are in possession, ultimately. Um, I just want yeah, to Yeah, it's back. interesting that you yeah, say that, yeah, Alex. I saw last year a, uh, video podcast. It was Ben Foster, the goalkeeper. Uh, his one podcast in which he had Aaron Ramsdale on as the guest. And they were talking about how he does his distribution and what they say to him in the coaching staff. And he says, Aaron Ramsdale said that he is told by the coaching staff they'd rather he be calmer, but he would rather be told that several times than, than give a goal away. That's uh, what he interesting. said. That's very interesting. So, you, uh, if you hadn't seen that, it's very interesting that you've uh, also perceived it. Yeah, um, well, I've, I've honestly, I, mean, I know Ben Foster has a podcast, but I've never watched it, to tell you the truth. Um, wow, that's that's really funny. <laughs> that's actually, oh, uh, well, cool. Well, at least I know that I'm kind of thinking, I guess, you know, on the, on the right track maybe. Um, look, I just want to go back to Arteta as well. I've sort of jumped around here a little bit, but I just want to talk about what your opinions are of his subs not only in terms of personnel, but the timing of them. Did you think they were good or bad during the game? What was your sort of feeling? Uh, I do agree with you about Smith-Rowe. I think Smith-Rowe probably should have come on sooner. It's, uh, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to say that in hindsight. It did feel like we didn't really have much of a plan in the Tottenham game with the subs. When we needed a kind of more obvious threat in the box. Arteta didn't, it didn't no one thought Arteta was going to bring Havertz on to play there and he was the only player available to do so. Uh, Arteta's subs seem to not be very effective this this season. Maybe he's not planning on doing it that way. Maybe he's been screwed over by the injuries a bit and it's messed up his plans for the substitutions. But I feel that making substitutions in the 85th minute doesn't give a player enough time. Even if that is 15 minutes they wind up getting, it's difficult to get yourself up to the flow of a game and performing consistently at a high standard in only 15 minutes and then actually make a difference on the game. So I don't understand why he makes them so late. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe it's he's only making them because he can tell his players are fatigued. Maybe that's the reason he's doing them. But I haven't felt Arteta's substitutions have led to effective outcomes this season. Whereas last season they did, particularly Reese Nelson in that very memorable goal. So it's difficult to see why it's not going the same way that so far this season, but I don't think they are. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think some of the substitutions have been, well, they haven't been as effective. Um, but, you know, once again, I know I mentioned this in a previous podcast, is that because teams have worked us out a little bit? You know, last season we were kind of shocked. We kind of shocked the league a little bit 
you know, is it a case of where teams are like, okay, we know what they're kind of going to do here and we'll just set up and, and you know, they basically have their tactics already sort of you know, in, in mind before uh, we make the subs. I'm not sure, but it, do, it does. You're right. You're right. It does feel like some of these substitutions, they're not having the same effect. Um, look, I, I want to talk about some players now in the Arsenal team, and then maybe we'll, we'll talk about Tottenham and their performance, and then we'll look forward to the League Cup game. Um what did you make of Odegaard's performance? Odegaard, I felt, played well. I mean, he was, he's was he been our best player so far this season, I think, Odegaard. And Not Saka? If we're getting, maybe Saka. It's got to be between those two, realistically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And those two have been, so far this season, I don't think neither of them have had a bad game. I mean, Saka got injured against Tottenham, but... None of them have had. Neither of those two have had a bad game. They've been consistently performing well. I would have said the same of Martinelli before his injury as well. Those those three have not done anything wrong. And the other player who I've no fault with is Saliba. I think Saliba's been excellent. Rice has only had a few games for Arsenal. He's looked okay. I wouldn't make a judgment on him just yet. Uh, Odegaard and Saka have been our best two players, and hopefully, they uh, Saka's injury doesn't crew severe hopefully Odegaard stays fit and keeps playing at this level that's what we're going to need if we're going to pick up points in the next few weeks yeah no look I definitely agree with all that to be honest um what did you okay so what did you think about Jesus playing out on the wing and Enketia playing up front uh do you think that was best use of Jesus I mean I know sort of Enketia and Jesus sort of swap positions every now and again but it felt like for most of the game Nketiah stayed up front, Jesus was on the wing. Um, did you think that was a good tactic? Do you think maybe Jesus should have been up the middle and then have Nelson start? Or what, what did you make of it? It was not what I was expecting the lineup to be, certainly. I think I would have not started Nketiah and okay. played either Smith Rowe or Nelson from the start and then played Jesus in the middle. It's uh, if you're going to play Enketi and Jesus, Jesus out on the wing and Enketi in the middle is probably the best use of their respective talents. Jesus played on the wing quite a lot for Man City when he was there, so we know he can do it. We know he can do it to a high standard. We can do it well enough to be part of a Premier League winning team. So playing Jesus out on the wing isn't something I've got an issue with, but I don't think we put out our best team available necessarily against Tottenham I think it's, I don't want to keep bagging on Nketiah like you said you don't either yeah. but he people have worked him out to an extent right? people know what he can do now and he's a bit more technically limited than the rest of our star starting attacking players he's not got the range of technical abilities that Saka or Martinelli or Jesus or Odegaard have even Trossard yeah, Even no, the Emerson yeah. Smith row, you could argue, has a better range of technical abilities than Nketiah. I think these players potentially should all be starting ahead of him. Yeah, I, and... I totally agree with that, one hundred percent. I think yeah, his technical, in terms of what you said about his technical ability, um, I couldn't agree more. I just think he, the, the great thing about Jesus that he does bring to the table is that when he's playing up front, he will come deep and he will allow the likes of Martinelli and Saka 
to almost invert to a degree and even Odegaard to an extent. Um, and, and he can he can be that playmaker, you know, almost kind of like what Harry Kane did for Tottenham before he left. You know, he has he has that sort of ability where he can actually not only can he score, but he can you know pick out a pass if need be. And I think that allows us to we can sort of uh, move around and and almost confuse the defense of our opposition by doing that. And I just think, about, as you mentioned, in Kedia, teams have figured him out. They know he's a bit more of a fox in the box doesn't have that technical ability, so he's going to try and obviously do what he does best. Um, and I just think ultimately his ability doesn't quite suit our team. Uh, and what I, I kind of mean by that is that in, in, if he was in a team, say, I don't know, a Crystal Palace or you know, some, a team of that kind of ilk, uh, he, I think he would thrive. I think that would be probably you know, a, a, a great team for him to go to um, but I think for us and how we want to play and how Arteta wants us to play, I'm just not sure if he's the guy. I just don't think he's the one that's going to be able to take us to that next level, as we sort of said at the beginning of the pod. You know, and that's really what we want to try and do. We want to try and go to that next level. And is he the guy? I just I don't think so. Um, yeah, I agree. I think he'll take... I could see Inghetti being a useful squad player for Arsenal if we're going to go be at the next level which I what he looked like he was going to be last year but I think to have him starting and play Jesus out of position is a mistake I think it's especially in these kind of important games in these important games you know if it's you know if it's against Bournemouth you know this weekend you're kind of like okay all right maybe you know but yeah I just think against these these games where you know it's going to be tight especially with the start that Tottenham have had yeah, it's not uh, probably not ideal, and I think another thing is well, he's he's probably a bit too right foot dominant. You know, I think I think about that chance where he was up, where he got the ball, he won the ball back, which was great. Like, and that's the one thing his pressing's fantastic. He's got fantastic work rate, but he won the ball back, and he he kind of had two. Well, he had three options basically, and one was to cut it back, which he you know I think Vieira was running in. I think it might have been Odegaard or someone else was running in as well. Or he could have potentially put it on his left foot and try to like curve it around the goalkeeper to try and score. Or he could go with his right foot and hit it to the near post of, of you know where the goalkeeper and the, the goalpost is. Now, in terms of like percentages of what's the what's the most likely scoring opportunity, to hit it with your right foot to the goalkeeper's near post is is like the lowest percentage. And that's the option he took because he he's so right foot dominant. And just like you know, it just it's just like, oh man, you know, that was such a good opportunity. And don't get me wrong, listen, Jesus missed an absolute city. He was one on one with the goalkeeper. He won the ball back off Madison and he blazed it over the top. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that Jesus is also, you know, not a culprit of doing things like this, you know, where he doesn't panic as, as well. Um you know, he does do it, but I think Jesus brings a little bit more to the table in terms of technical ability so that you can almost kind of mask that, you know, he's okay. Fine. So Jesus is, fin- Jesus finishing isn't maybe as good as some other top, top strikers, but like I mentioned, he can come back deep and he can play the ball to Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka or Xhaka last season, you know, now it could be Vieira, Kai Havertz, and he can do that. You know, I don't think Enkedia has that ability. Um, so it just, it kind of, for me, uh, yeah, just a bit of an issue, I think, where we, whether it's January or in the coming transfer window in the summer, 
we might have to look elsewhere just to try and find an improvement in that space. Um, okay, look, let's move on. Let's talk about Tottenham um, and how they play. What, what did you make of Tottenham's performance? I mean, obviously, I think a lot of Arsenal fans were hoping for the win. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. But Tottenham have gotten off to a really good start this season and they're playing great football. Um, I thought Madison was really good. Son, obviously, you know, he's absolute quality. We already know this. I think anyone in the world who watches football knows that. But what did you make of Tottenham's overall performance? Uh, much it pains me to admit it, Tottenham have been playing well this season. I don't think there's any real risk they're going to finish above us. That's obviously the thing we always worry about. I do think they are playing well. Madison, yeah, right, has been a very good signing. Sometimes you do see it with teams when they lose the focal point of their attack that everyone else kind of steps up around there and it makes them less predictable. It makes players like Son come into their own and show their true potential. So I do think, as much as it pains me to admit it, Tottenham are playing very well this season. Could potentially be pushing for top four. It's possible. Man United aren't looking that good. Chelsea are nowhere. So it's going to be between, realistically, Liverpool, Tottenham, maybe Man United for that uh, fourth spot. So maybe they'll be up there. I do think to- it pains me to admit it. They, they've they been playing all right. In a way, it's more interesting when they play well. It makes it more satisfying when we finish above them at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of... Look, I do think you're right, though. I think, if, if for me, if they lose a couple... If, they, if Son and Madison aren't in that team, I honestly... They, they, I think I feel like they would really struggle because I don't know where their creativity and their goal scoring is really going to come from. Um, so, look, I'm, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. The season is very long. They, they obviously don't have any European football, which will help them. Um, but, yeah, if they do get one or two injuries, I think it could be... They, they could potentially be struggling. Um. Let's talk. All right, let's you know. Let's talk about Brentford. Let's go to the the League Cup game. Obviously, we want to try and for, look. For me, I don't know about you, and I don't know about other Arsenal fans, but I want to try and win everything that we can. So, although I, do, I want the team to rotate, and I know it's Brentford, but I would expect us to get through. I think Brentford, obviously, you know whether or not they'll go full strength as well. I'm not sure. I don't. I think they might make a few changes, but what do you what do you make of this game, and what do you think we should do in terms of squad? Well, whilst it's nice to win everything, realistically, I think the Premier League and the Champions League have got to take priority. The League Cup is at best the fourth most prestigious competition. Oh, absolutely, and, and make sure you yeah. tell Man United fans that as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's at best the fourth most important trophy. So with that in mind, we can't be risking any kind of derailment to our season due to a worsening injury crisis amongst the starting 11. So I think we should be not playing any of our starters. Players like Reese Nelson, Emil Smith-Rowe, they can start, certainly. But 
I would like to see tonight. I'd like to see some of our younger players coming through. Ethan Manieri, I would like to see him play. Yep. Give him a go. Skelly as well. Yeah. Uh, Kivior, who's not had much game time yet for Arsenal, I'd want to see, I want to see him play. I think Ramsdale will play almost certainly starting goal. Yep. Yep. Because otherwise. Cedric Suarez too. Yep. Suarez, yes. These are the kind of players. I think Vieira's m- might play to give him a bit more game time because he's starting to come good for Vieira. Yeah. I, I, might, sure. I think we might see him play. But this is That's roughly the kind of squad I'm expecting for this game. Uh, Tommy uh, Iasu, maybe. Yep. Yeah. I feel like Kai Havertz might play as well. Mm. I think yeah, Havertz, Havertz could... played very few minutes against Tottenham. I think he might play. Yeah, I think this could be a good opportunity for him to maybe get the monkey off his back and score, maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't be surprised. Striker, be... Maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. I would not be surprised to see Havertz start as central striker uh, on his own today in order to uh, give him that, get him that one goal that will hopefully bring him into form. Uh, I don't think it matters that much the League Cup. The FA Cup matters a bit and the Premier League and Champions League matter a lot. And that is the hierarchy we all accept all the time, except for if we win the League Cup, and it's the only thing we win when we try and pretend it's a major trophy. Yeah, I've yeah, I got to be honest, I don't, know, I don't know if Arsenal fans would celebrate like United fans did when they won the League Cup last year. I think we'd be happy. I think we'd say, cool, won a trophy, fantastic. Add it to the cabinet, you know? Um but I do, I do think you know it'll be a case of, well, let's keep our eye on the prize here. We still need to win more because for me, it's like, for me, the minimum expectation is that we win something every year. Like that's the minimum expectation. Um, and now, listen, if that is a league cup, the odd FA Cup, you know, so be it. But obviously, we want to try and go deep in the big competitions, the Premier League, the Champions League. You know, I think we have a really good opportunity in the Champions League. I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at Europe, as particularly in the Champions League, and I'm thinking, apart from Man City and you know Real Madrid, we're probably the third favorite team. Um, and that's PSG really fans. I think would disagree with that. I don't but think PSG I, I fans would... can you know shove it because <laughs> I don't think PSG are that good in terms of in terms of like the way they're playing. I think. I honestly feel like we could be PSG in terms of the way we like in terms of how we play. I think we honestly feel like we could, and I'm, and, and I know that people might listen to this and sound, make it sounds very arrogant, um, which you know what, so be it. But I just feel like we are a better team than PSG, and I feel like you know you Barcelona's, and I'm not saying that obviously the names of those clubs are big names, but are they at that level at the moment? I don't think so, in my opinion. But listen, if we get slapped, I'll listen. I will. Eat humble pie. The Champions League is obviously interesting due to its format as well. It's going to be a bit difficult for team. You have to win a lot of good games, a lot of games against a lot of good teams. You can't make it up with draws and avoiding home losses. That's not going to cut it. So it's different to the league. It's hard to know who will win the Champions League, but I think Arsenal do have a shot. I think we'll almost certainly make it out of our group. We'll almost certainly top our group and therefore get a favourable draw in the next round. And then there's only a couple of more fixtures you've got to win in order to win the trophy. Yes, they'll be against very high-quality teams, but we beat high-quality teams. So it's still saying on, is the, is the format still two uh, round of 16 
two quarters, two semis, and a final? I believe so. I know the format changes, I believe, next season. Yeah, I think it's next season. Yeah. Very controversial 10 group of 10 where you don't play everybody or some ridiculous format. But we'll worry about that when it comes. I believe it's currently the traditional format. So it's group and then home and away until the final. Yeah, okay. So if we if we were to top the group, we would then have basically seven fixtures in the Champions League, essentially, um, to get to the final, that is. Uh, which, oh, sorry, six fixtures to get to the final, and the final would be the seventh fixture. Um, yeah, I think I do feel like we can go, I mean, if, listen, the injuries are an issue that we've got at the moment, but if we could get people back fit, I do feel like we could go a decent, you know, to a decent depth in the Champions League. But look, once again, uh, knockout, knockout competitions, man, you never know. You never know. It's just, it's one of those things where you can be the favourite and it doesn't matter. It's all about what happens on the day. And there's a long way to go between now and the knockout stage of the Champions League start. The knockout stage of the Champions League start don't start until the new year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I, look, I'm definitely getting ahead of myself, but you know, I'm just so excited that we're back in it. It's been so long <laughs> to hear that Champions yeah. League music. Um, okay, look, before we go, uh, what's your prediction for today? Oh, League Cup, often difficult predicts, but we will go with 2-0 Arsenal. 2-0 Arsenal. Okay, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-1. I think 2-1 is what... I think Brentford might score, and uh, yeah, but I think we should we should win it. I think hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, look, that's about it for me. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss, Nelly? Or uh, no, that'll uh, that'll do for me as well. Thank you for having me, Alex. No worries. Thanks, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.